0: Jets fans, I'm Glenn Naughton with Jet Nation Radio and JetNation.com. Be sure to log into JetNation.com where you can register and become a part of what is the most active Jets message born on the web. Tonight, we've got the three of us, myself, Dylan Terman, Chris Schubert, to talk about everything, basically. And there is a lot to talk about. Um, one of the things we can talk about is what people are talking about. Because Jets fans are going absolutely nuts about what's happening with this team right now. Um, understandably frustrated by what took place against the Chargers. Another punchless offensive showing. Not really much reason to believe the offense will do much moving forward. Um, I still think this team has some wins in them. Um, you know, I don't I don't know how many, but we, we've seen them play well against some good teams. But we've also seen them do what they just did against the Chargers. Um, who's to blame and how much? Uh, that's one of the topics we discussed off-air and offline. And is it the line? Is it the receivers? Is it Zach Wilson? Who Who deserves how much of each blame? Robert Sala, there's conspiracy theories that, you know, the the overlords from above are refusing to let him pull Zach Wilson. Um, These are the same people who were in charge last year when they benched him twice and the same people who were in charge when they went out and got his replacement this offseason. So I don't know where we're getting this. um, All of a sudden, Zach is untouchable. So lots to go over, lots to cover. Um, What are you guys doing? What do you guys think and how we doing, Dylan?
1: Uh, Doing good. Um, When it comes to who to blame or where to point the fingers on this one, it's tough. Like, obviously, we want to come up here and, and make a good content filled podcast. But even after Sala used the, the phrase this week, I'm going to use it a couple times tonight. I plead the fifth. I mean, there's just so much wrong right now with the offensive side of the ball. But like you said, every game like this is probably going to be a struggle when your defense can keep you in it with every single team in the league but your offense is going to do everything it can to keep you out of it against every single team in the league. So, we're really at two ends of the spectrum here. Still back in that time machine from 2022, can't get out of it. It feels like it's just week 28 of 2022 at this point. Um, but by the end of the by the end of the show, we're going for about an hour, we'll probably convince ourselves that we'll win against the Vegas Raiders on the road because that's just what we do. Chris
2: I say this understanding the magnitude of the words I am about to say, and I understand how people are going to take this coming from the person who at most times on this show has defended Zach Wilson and defended this operation. This offense is fundamentally broken, capital letters, broken. It is broken at the quarterback position. It is broken at the offensive line position. It is broken at the skill players not named the Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. It is broken from a play calling perspective. It is broken from a coaching perspective. This team offensively is broken. It is a broken toy whose pieces need to be thrown away because it's not salvageable. I did this bit with the guys in the pre-show. I'm going to do it now. You want to say that this is me throwing in the towel, waving the white flag, whatever it is? I'm done. I am done in putting myself in the cycle of discourse around Zach Wilson. It is not worth our times anymore. This team is broken. If somebody wants to say it's all on Zach Wilson, if somebody wants to say no, it's X, Y, and Z, all this other stuff, fine. Everybody is correct here. This team fundamentally on offense is capital letters broken. And the question that I don't think the three of us are going to solve, and I don't know if the people on one, in one jet's drive are going to be able to solve this, but the question they need to answer is can we fix this?
0: And that's that's the the lingering question. And we're gonna find out. I don't know personally, you know, you say you've defended Zach. I've done it a fair bit myself, Chris. You know, we we talked about it, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but we did say at one point, man, hell, it may hell, maybe even been three weeks. But you know, we said that this it could be the case that Zach Wilson has improved, but it's still not good enough. And that's basically where we are. And even even where the areas where he's improved, I thought we saw a little bit of the, I don't want to say running from phantom pressure, maybe running earlier from pressure than he had to. But maybe that's what happens when you get pressured 26 times the previous week. And it's more of the same early in this game. Like, is that getting into his head and causing that? But but as you, there's collapses everywhere. I don't understand how anyone can put this offense at any one person or any one group's feet. Oh, it's the O-line. Oh, it's the receivers. Oh, it's that. Everything is a mess and it's all falling apart. It, it all fell apart so quickly. You can't get anything going on any aspect of offense. You can't get the run game going. You can't get the passing game going. When you are passing well, but you're dropping the ball. When you're not dropping the ball, you're committing penalties. Every single, you know, everything that can go wrong does go wrong. Whether it's a block in the back or a face mask, there's always something happening that when it looks like you're about to get a little momentum or get a, you know, get a drive going, sustain a drive, a fumble, how many fumbles did we see? So every single thing that they could go wrong and beyond. So you really do, you feel like you're watching this team play and it's like you're banging your head against the wall and Zach Wilson is taking, you know, he's getting sacked, what, eight times. And some of those sacks, you know, we talked about it before we went live. You know, a few of those, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, where was he going to go with that? Like, nobody's open. Nobody's getting separation. There was one sack where Garrett Wilson throws the arm up. I'm open deep down the field. But by the time that arm goes up, he's already running from the from the defender. He, he's not in a position to throw the ball. Um And before, up until Garrett Wilson throws that arm up, I'm freeze-framing it and pausing it. I'm like, nobody's open. No, Where, where is he supposed to throw this football? And there's a few like that. So it's just a, a litany. And like you said, so many things that go wrong at the same time that it's, it's impossible to fault any, I mean, for some people, it's easy to fault any one person, but I don't see how people get there.
2: And and, and let's just, let's compartmentalize this, I think, correctly. And again, I, I'm i not doing this discourse tonight. I'm not breaking down Zach Wilson's all 20. I'm not doing it. I I, I told the guys in the pre-show, I, I'm done. I, I, I have it here for a reason. I will not get into that anymore because there are much bigger problems with this team right now. But there are two separate conversations that, that can be had. Who's to blame for what happened on Monday night against the Chargers And who is to blame for the inconsistencies all throughout the course of the season so far through eight games? And I think those are two different conversations, and I think we would weight things differently. Because if you ask me, I think a lot of what happened on Monday night falls at the feet of Zach, more so than it has in any other game this season. The not feeling pressure correctly, the inability to get rid of the ball quickly, even if you just dirt it, right? The the scramble play early in the game where instead of taking off for a first down, he flips it to Michael Carter in one of the weirdest plays I've ever seen a quarterback make with the guy with his type of athleticism. Uh, the weird pitch play, all of the fumbles, like that stuff's on Zach, right? Zach just has to be better there, right? And I think the play calling wasn't very good. I think having Billy Turner, who was basically a traffic cone on Monday, as you're starting right tackle, didn't necessarily help things. But to me, I put Monday night, mostly, I would say, I I don't think it's greater than 50%. I'd probably be in the 35 to 45% camp. Of the blame goes to Zach Wilson. But when we look at everything that has gone on this season, and, and I've said this before, no two games are alike. The way they played on Monday night is not the way they played against Philadelphia. It is not the way they played against Denver. It's not the way they played in the second half against the Chiefs. So that's when you have to start to ask the question to yourself, and this is not a defensive Zach. If, if somebody wants to chime in in the, in the chat and say, make a change of quarterback, you're not going to hear me disagree with that. But when we look at this team beyond the quarterback, because I think everybody gets tunnel vision on Zach Wilson, I still have concerns about the first down play calling from Nathaniel Hackett. I have questions about what they're going to do at offensive line, and this is organizational malpractice, that this is the offensive line that this team is running out there right now. And I don't want to hear injuries, and I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear any of it because you dealt with it in 2022, and what did you do about it? You drafted Will McDonald in the first round. You didn't spend any dollars on a backup quarterback in the offseason. I saw a great tweet. Do you know how much this team combined spent on Mecole Hardman, Randall Cobb, And Dalvin Cook this offseason, $14 million. Mike White's the backup quarterback for the next two seasons in Miami for $8 million total. What did Andy Dalton get paid in Carolina? This blame goes to everybody. This is Joe Douglas's mess. This is Robert Sala's mess. This is Nathaniel Hackett's mess. This is Zach Wilson's mess. And you can't have things like Garrett Wilson fumbling the football. And I don't want to harp on, on Garrett, but you just can't have that. This team has to play perfect. Their margin of error is zero. You know how political polls come out and they say, oh, you know, the margin of errors. Is... For the New York Jets, the margin of error is plus or minus zero outside of the offense. The defense has to play perfect. Special teams, you can't, you can't outkick your coverage. You just can't do it. You cannot give Darius Davis. The game was over right there, boys. It was, it, was, it was over in that moment because the Jets need those plays to go their way. They have to be the ones that get the special teams touchdowns. They can't do it. It, it. It's impossible for them to win by having those mistakes. Alan Lazard, the penalties, the drops, brutal. You can't have the Jeremy Rucker illegal motion. You, you, you can't have these things. And it's not to absolve Zach, but you you everybody knows. Everybody's in agreement that you're dealing with a flawed quarterback. So if you're going to put a, a flawed quarterback out there, you can't have all these other compounding mistakes. And so I, I, I sit here and I legitimately just, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm waving the white flag. This team is broken. And until they show me a sample size, whether it's Tim Boyle, Uh, Nathaniel Hackett himself playing quarterback, Zach Wilson, or if they call Dylan up to go to the next game to play quarterback until I see a consistent enough sample size of everything working, the offensive line, the play calling, the execution from whoever the quarterback is, the lack of mental mistakes until that happens. You cannot with good confidence say they're going to win a football game. Now, we shouldn't be surprised if they win a football game because the defense is outstanding. They find ways to be able to make enough plays at times when they turn the ball. Like, they have a recipe, but the recipe is defense plays great, get multiple turnovers, Zach Wilson doesn't uh, turn the ball over, and you kick like 86 field goals and you win the football game. That's the recipe. Or beats all our Garrett Wilson break a big play. That's it. That's the recipe for the New York Jets. Yeah,
1: you know when, uh, when, when the special teams shows a slight shred of being less than perfect at the least opportune time, it's really unfortunate. And like you said, the game was over 13 minutes and 15 seconds left in the first quarter. And they had already scored enough points to secure the victory that night. So it was really upsetting. And then you compound that with um, sauce Gardner's comments saying that the defense needed to score more, like in what world do we live in where football players should have to say that as a defensive on the defensive side of the ball that they have to score more. So it's just really, really bad look for the offense. i I'm not going to push back on your blame if you want to blame Zach Moore. I feel like I was being a little bit conservative. But on Twitter, I said every group deserves 25% of the blame. Non-players, and that goes to coaches, Joe Douglas, Woody Johnson, every single non-player, the the cafeteria workers. Maybe they didn't feed the players, right? Whatever. Every single person not on the field is 25% to blame. Zach Wilson was 25% to blame. Offensive line was 25% to blame and the playmakers. And the the first thing I wrote other than just flat out bad was they needed to play. They have to play a perfect version of offense around Zach Wilson more often than not, or else things are not going to to be good for them at the end of the game. And the scoreboard is going to reflect that. If you have Garrett Wilson fumbling, you have Brees Brees Hall fumbling, still recovering the the fumble, but you have four total fumbles, three are lost, and the the turnovers translate immediately to points because you're putting your defense out there on a short field. It's just everything compounded into it where I feel like everybody was responsible for an equal share of the blame for this game. Uh, now you uh, said can I-
2: Can I just tell you real quick? I'm sorry, because I should have done this. You know, I had this bit ready to go at the beginning of the show, but I should have done this at at first. I should have apologized to the two two gentlemen I do the show with and to everybody that listens to the show, because I'm the schmuck that came on this show a couple of weeks ago. I think it was with Glenn. And I said with a straight face that I agreed with Robert Sala that this team was close, that they were going to break through in the red zone, that they were going to turn some of those drives into touchdowns, and this offense was going to reach to another level. I was wrong. I, I apologize to you, the Jets fans, for giving you the hope that they were going to turn this around. Because whoever you want to put the blame on, they are so far, guys, they are so far away from what they were against Philadelphia. Think about that bar. That They are so far away from the Philadelphia game. The Chiefs game, that that, that game was played on the moon, apparently. Because th- that offense, I haven't seen since. We haven't seen anything close to that since that moment. So I apologize to everybody who, who listened to me as somebody who considers themselves somewhat of an expert on football and thinks I know what I'm talking about, I apologize to you for saying out loud that I thought this team was close because they are so far away from what is just the mediocre bar that they set for themselves with the way they played against Philadelphia and Denver. They're not even in the same stratosphere as that. Not even close, guys. They're not even close to that. No.
0: Well, the, that's the, the, floor, things, you know, the floor is lower than it. the basement. Yeah, it's it, look, it's it's gotten terrible, but, you know, We agreed with that. And really, to me, there was every reason to think, you know, and my my thinking at the time was this team is getting into the red zone five, six, seven times like at some point, like just just by accident, you're going to break through and score a couple touchdowns. Right. But now even the red zone trips have come to an end. So they're regressing. And that was supposed to be, you know, that was supposed to be the way they were playing against the better defenses. So you thought, okay, well, you got some softer defenses coming up. So this is coming now. It, it's like they're 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 a week or two away from a, a thirty four point game, and they might not score thirty four points this month. They scored so eight
2: touchdowns all season. It's, it's no, yeah. One of and them was all gift wrap
1: explosive plays, yeah. I and mean,
2: the one was gift wrap. Philadelphia got out of the way and 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 just got, it was yeah. said, "Here you go. Here's an, well, that a was, VIP escort to the to the yeah. to the end zone."
1: That yeah. was the stat that I saw was the three touchdowns that we did score. We're all on one play drive. Yep. You had that play where they they're let him score. You had Brees drive. hall against the Broncos. That was the first play of the drive on the outside zone run. And then the check down on the first play of the drive against the giants. So they're literally reliant on explosives. There was a couple of years ago where this uh, Rob Sala made a poster that said eliminate explosives And now it's like all they can do on obviously that was a defensive message. (laughs) Exactly. Now they're, they're, they're so reliant on explosives that their offense can't function without it. And I I also wrote this in my notes, but it's, the offense was built around Aaron Rodgers, and a lot of people still have to realize that, but that falls on coaching to not adjust on the fly because this offensive group cannot be the ones to elevate the quarterback. They need to be elevated. And that was the mindset going in was, oh, Rodgers is going to uh, elevate Garrett Wilson. Al Lazard will come back and be just what he was. The UDFAs will get the most out of those guys, too, because of Aaron Rodgers. Now with Zach Wilson, he needs to be picked up. And this group is not in a position to actually pick him up, whether it's coaching, just execution. Maybe their heart just isn't in it. But for some reason, it's just nothing is, is clicking.
2: I do not want what comes out of my mouth next to sound as a, a, a blame of Aaron Rodgers because I do not blame him for this because he cannot control the fact that four plays into his season, he tears his Achilles, right? But the New York Jets made a deal with the devil when they traded for Aaron Rodgers and, and set up this team the way that they did because it does not take a rocket scientist because the three people on the show said it before Aaron Rodgers was traded here, why did this team hire Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator? Because the 2022 Broncos set records for how bad they were offensively. And Nathaniel Hackett, at no stop whatsoever, was good outside of the two years in Green Bay in which he wasn't a play caller, and guess who his quarterback was, and the one year in Jacksonville where the defense dragged that team and Blake Bortles to an AFC title game. We all said it at the time. And, and guess who else was brought in here because of Aaron Rodgers? Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb can't, can't get on the field. He's a healthy scratch because he was actively hurting the team and Alan Lazard is currently hurting the team with his play. Billy Turner, the right tackle on Monday night, is another example of an Aaron Rodgers buddy. And again, I, I get it because if Aaron Rodgers is here, all of this is supposed to work in a very specific way and it would probably look a lot up. different.
0: But this is the problem because Rodgers you... Rodgers was pushing hard for Dalvin Cook too, don't forget. Like, you put all yeah. your on, chips Dalvin, in the middle. Come join us.
2: You put all your chips in the middle like this. And the one thing you didn't do, the one thing you didn't address was what happened if Aaron Rodgers went down. And I fee- it's either organizational malpractice that the question wasn't asked or they asked it and they didn't answer it correctly. Because if they sat around in a room and they didn't discuss a 40-year-old quarterback potentially getting hurt and missing some semblance of time, they, they should be ashamed of themselves.
1: Yeah, and, and I saw speculation. And, like, of course, this is always going to be – speculation when you bring up woody johnson and the role he has in it and i don't know if it was somebody on the beat or somebody that's just doing jets content but they suggested that there's the potential that woody didn't want to make his quarterback room so expensive with Rodgers, zach still being on a, a pretty expensive deal and then you have a guy like jacoby percent making eight million to me i don't care you have to pay at the highest position of, of the sport of all sports really you have to pay to get what you need, and that's a win. And so that's if eight if eight million dollars meant Jacoby Brissett instead of maybe Dalvin Cook, like I would take that. I mean. They've spent. If, I would take that money now.
0: On people for me to believe they wouldn't spend that money on a quarterback. And right. listen, I said it all off season. I I looked back just for a laugh. I went back on Twitter today and looked at some of the responses to my tweet when I said, "Yeah, the well, those, are probably, those are probably those are those are probably elite GB2, Those are elite. That's on tweets. par with Vinny." Um, and mm-hmm. that tweet was I said Rick Meyer. Meyer they traded for after the injury. But as as uh, as I've said, like, that was going to be the biggest mistake of the offseason if they didn't get a second quarterback, and a lot of people got offended by that. And here we are. And and they're playing well enough now because, you know, what so many people said was, well, it doesn't matter. If Rodgers gets hurt, we're screwed anyway. Look at where this defense is playing right now. Would this defense be screwed with Gardner Minshew or, as you mentioned, no. Andy Dalton or one of these no, they... guys, one of these backups? Would they be screwed with, with no, this team no. would be six and two or seven and one. Like they are shutting people down.
1: And I don't know if you heard his uh, McAfee interview, but he, it sounds like Rogers is literally salivating to come help this defense. Like I, I they know. That. That, imagine you're him and,
0: watching that game the other night. He's probably thinking I've never had anything close to this but, to work with, but hold this on, is guys. Gonna sound,
2: but hold on, that? because, what's because I, I, and I, and I, and we don't know this, we don't know this, but I'm just going to say it out loud. Aaron could be the one pushing for Zach to be playing right now. That's that, true is, that is that is a legitimate true. possibility. That yeah. It is a legitimate possibility that Aaron likes, and, likes Zach enough and believes in Zach enough to where he wants him to play right now and he believes that Zach can do enough to get them here. And, and to your point, Glenn, about, about not getting a backup in, in the summertime, I can somewhat excuse that. What I can't excuse is the way they handled it after he gets hurt. Now, again, who are you going to get at that point? Even more so. Even more so, you can't you, you you can't call up somebody in in the trade deadline area. You can't try to get Jacoby Brissett, or you don't even make an effort for Josh Dobbs. I mean, they didn't even make an an an, an effort to get Ezra Cleveland. So I mean, this the way they've handled a, a team Everything. this all in is not acting like a team this all in, and, and that's the part that's frustrating to me. Is what are they doing? They feel asleep at the wheel because they feel like they've accepted their fate. But the team is kind of keeping them in the mix to where they should do something, but they're not doing it. And the Woody Johnson stuff, I don't I don't get. I don't understand why people are critical of Woody. Because this is the guy who the moment the season was over, bashed his quarterback and said we are missing a quarterback. That's what go we're it bad. badly. This badly, was yeah. this was before this was before Aaron went into the darkness. This was yeah. before Aaron to the New York Jets was even yeah, remotely this was, this on the radar. Of the
0: ended. I was gonna Woody say Johnson the said, day after. Yep.
2: They need an upgrade at quarterback. So to think that the guy who threw Zach Wilson? Kind of rightfully so, underneath the bus
0: in a way that now don't the guy do. like that was a mm-hmm. big deal. Like right. other than mm-hmm. Jerry Jones ripping Zach, or like or Jim Irsay,
1: maybe, yeah,
0: like, yeah. But owners don't come out the second the season ends and say, "Sorry, fans, our quarterback was terrible." Like they and just so, don't do that. And so and, uh, that, Greg, got, Greg that same guy. in the chat that he 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 too is thinking along the lines of Aaron Rodgers believing in Zach Wilson. Honestly, even though Rodgers was sort of the mastermind behind a lot of these moves, you know, behind Cook and Lazard and Kyle. Like, it never crossed my mind that he would have, you know, vetoed any move. But really, again, how, you know, even when Rodgers, I guess once they knew they had him or believed they had him, they were going to go by whatever he said at that point. And, you know, as we all know, that was, you know, felt like years of Aaron Rodgers being a Jet without being a Jet. So, maybe maybe going out and getting a quarterback was something they discussed with Aaron, and he said, No, I don't want to do that. So, that's now, it's an interesting thought, but hopefully the Jets are learning from these mistakes and being like, Maybe Aaron's not a great personnel guy.
2: Now, Ooh, here's, yeah, right? here, here's another thing that I think is very important, right? Because let's say they did go out and get Jacoby Brissett, or they went out and traded for Josh Dobbs, who, by the way, a great moment for Josh Dobbs, fantastic. Yeah, J- what there's is a the word. There's a reason Josh Dobbs didn't stay in Arizona, yes. right? Like he's, he's not that good of a player, right? I mean, he had a great moment. He also turned the ball over three times in that football game, right? Like they kind of got away with some stuff in that game for, for Minnesota, but let's say they did. Let's say they did do that. Is Nathaniel Hackett can all of a sudden come up with a great game plan and great play design and, and run good plays. Is the offensive line going to all of a sudden not be turnstiles? is Alan Lazard going to all of a sudden stop dropping the ball and committing bad penalties? Like is all that stuff going to go with it. Because again, I agree with everybody. Zach is the major problem right now, because if they got competent quarterback play, they could probably put up 24 points and win almost every game. But that is assuming that making that one change fixes everything else. And I'm not so sure that change does that. Now still, if you feel, and this is the, this is the scary part for everybody. And I said this in a tweet this week, this is the scary part because I think everybody in that building thinks Zach Wilson is the guy who gives them the best chance. And so for everybody outside that building, because if you on the outside think Trevor Simeon would be better and everybody in the building thinks Zach Wilson is better, what does that say about the options that they have? What does it say? It says they are stuck. And for everyone who's critical of the way Zach is playing, you need to start being critical of the way Robert Sala is defending his quarterback because it's eerily similar to what happened when we went into the Chiefs game. He's starting to teeter with that line of being too overly... Uh, praising of a guy who's not playing very well.
0: And that's what one thing, you know, you talked about that Chiefs game. I think that, that obviously that was Zach's best game of the year, and that was really the first time, this year anyway, that Zach was, I I feel, was in jeopardy of losing his job. Like, they had just brought Simeon in. The offense wasn't doing anything, and that's why they brought Simeon in. You know, they didn't bring anyone in before that, um, other than Boyle, who isn't really a thing. And I think Zach felt like, if I don't, play well like that my job's on the line and we saw him be a little bit more aggressive throw the ball downfield a little bit more so now I'm curious do we see that again this week against the Raiders does does he go back to that mindset of I have to do something and listen you know I see in the chat and a lot of people say every time you mention a a quarterback or a suggestion or a player you know one of the first responses what can that guy block can that guy block can that guy block listen the O-line was bad this week but they were good enough for Zach to make plays had he made the plays correct like you can go back and see the film you can see guys open and you know, there was a play deep deep in there in um in Chargers territory. Jets ran max protect. They only had two receivers go out. He had a man wide open in the end zone, held onto the ball, didn't get rid of it, got sacked. And I look at that play and I'm like, that's 100% on Zach. The play call is good enough. The receiver is open. You didn't throw. Does Trevor Simeon throw that ball? Veteran guy? He probably does. And so Glenn. you don't – I don't want to hear that, oh, well, these guys can't block. Like we're, if, we're there will be p- opportunities to make plays if the quarterback makes the play.
2: We're two of the biggest Zach defenders there probably are in this space. We've gone out of our ways to defend the guy. So if there's anybody that's going to come with the argument of, oh, but the offensive lineman or, oh, but the wide receivers, it would be you and I. You and I have been in the weeds on this. I- I- I'm done. I no longer want to be in the weeds on this because it is a multifaceted problem, and Zach is a part of the problem. And so guess what? Here- here's, what I- here's what I ask. This is a- not a rhetorical question. I'm asking, and I feel like Dylan hasn't spoken in 40 minutes, so I want to ask Dylan this question first. Of the options the Jets have, they can't replace any of their wide receivers. They can't replace any of their offensive linemen. They're out of options. They can't replace the coach because he's best friends with Nathaniel Hackett. So the only thing, the only part of the wheel that they can do something that they haven't already done because they sat down Randall Cobb. They've rotated a bunch of um, wide receivers in and out of the lineup. The one thing they haven't done is change the quarterback. So uh, this is coming from a guy who defended Zach last week on the show. I'm, I'm less than a week removed from doing this. Why would you not give it a shot? And the fact that they won't tells me one of two things. Either they truly believe that Zach is their best option
1: or it's not their decision. That's yeah. it.
2: Those are the two, those are the two choices.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think it is necessarily Robert saw decision ultimately to just say, all right, Zach's not the guy because I think given the amount of podium interviews that he's done, he would have, I mean, the, the whole thing with the Michael Kay interview, like he literally had no words to say and he had to plead the fifth. He stumbled and I, over his words. I, I, believe I listened I'm to steal stumbled this. Over him. Yeah, I believe I'm going to steal this from Buffalo Jet fan. But he said, you only plead the fifth when you're going to incriminate yourself or somebody above you. And as somebody who's luckily never had to plead the fifth, you only do it in a situation where your back's against the wall and you can't say what you really want to say. And that's Salah. Greg put it in the chat again. This head coach has never criticized the player from the podium. I wrote back right away in the chat, and he never will. He will not do it one time. He will bench a guy after, and and I said this in the stadium to Jets Chaos. Shout out, Jeremy. Um, Are we going to watch another situation where it comes down to the game where the Jets would be mathematically eliminated from playoff contention for them to then pull the plug and say, all right, we got nothing left. Let's go see what Simeon or Boyle has. Obviously we saw it with Mike White for a couple games last year and it wasn't dire, dire situations, but then we saw it with strevler against Jacksonville and we're going to get to that point eventually this season where our back is against the wall. We have too many losses for the conference for, or for the division, whichever we're fighting for at the time. And they're going to either have to make a change or just die on the sword. That is Zach Wilson. So I hope that, I hope that they make the change sooner rather than later.
0: Well, I don't. I think I, I know you want to jump in, Chris. But one thing I wanted to point out because I didn't. I didn't want to leave this out tonight when we got to this part of the discussion. I think is really important is that last year, the first time Zach was benched, they announced his benching literally the day after Robert Sala stood at the podium and said that benching Zach Wilson was the farthest thing from his mind. Right. I guarantee you, the play got bet. This is the thing. Like it's 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 surprising he's playing this week. But I think if they have a similar game to what they just had, I think that's it. Like Robert Sala knows. It's going to be a, a carbon copy of what happened last year, and he's going to have his defensive players looking at him saying, dude, what are we doing? Why, why are we doing what we're doing? We should just start mailing it in because if if we got to pitch a shutout to win, that ain't going to happen. And his offensive guys, Garrett Wilson, you already heard him sounding off a little bit. We got to do better. We got to be better. Like these guys are going to go out there and say – or I should – well, these guys. Garrett Wilson is going to be the only guy saying, I'm getting open. I have an opportunity to make plays. And the defense is going to be saying – we're we're almost we're a top two or three defense, and we've lost two in a row to, to teams that we're better than. And at that point, I don't think Robert Sala is going to have a choice. So while part of me, after we're listening to Robert Sala the other day, thought, Jesus, he's going to roll with this guy for another five or six weeks. I thought back to last year and said, you know what? He said it was the farthest thing from his mind, and he benched him the, the next day. He said, yeah, that thing yesterday where I said farthest thing from my mind, I'm doing that today. Go ahead, Chris.
2: I finally pinpointed it. I, I couldn't figure out internally why this was all making me so angry, and I don't know why I just came to this realization because it's staring it's been staring me in the face the entire time. This organization just bleep and did this last year. this is ex- this is this is exactly what this team went through last year, and if you i'll I'll excuse last year, I'll excuse it. You didn't really want to, because Aaron Rodgers wasn't in the fold. You really didn't want to upset the the balance of what you had going on here. You still kind of believed in Zach. You really only turned to Mike White when it was really dire. You got to show an ability to learn from a mistake because it was a mistake to do what they did last year. It was a mistake, and they're not learning from that mistake because they, and I think this is what has me frustrated. They have not, they have shown zero evidence, zero evidence that they are even entertaining the idea of going in a different direction. Rightly or wrongly, they're not even showing you a glimpse that they're entertaining a different idea. Because do you want to know how I know that's not the case, guys? They're letting Trevor Simeon sit on the practice squad to be begged, begged to get picked up by somebody else. They're baiting other teams. They're saying, go ahead, do it. Sign this guy off the practice squad. I dare you. Rams just signed Carson once the other day. They could have very easily just signed Trevor Simeon. They're begging some team to do that. They're not even elevating him and having him on the active roster. They're not even giving you a, a glimpse, a, a glimmer of hope that they're potentially making a change, and so the, the fact that this organization has not learned and put themselves in a better spot, and I don't want to hear that. Oh, we 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 you know we thought this was going to be Aaron. great. I, I I expected Aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback too, but you're going to allow. And I've been listening to a lot of local sports talk radio this week just to kind of wrap my head around how because I don't live there anymore how everybody feels. And Evan Roberts on WFAN brought up just one of the best points I've ever heard. I'm a Mets fan. The Mets have been wasted. Wasted Jacob DeGrom. Wasted him. Multiple Cy Youngs. One of the best pitchers I've ever seen pitch in the sport. Wasted. They never won a championship. Just wasted it. The New York Jets are teetering. They're like this close to wasting a championship caliber defense because there's no guarantee they do it three years in a row. There's no guarantees that injuries don't hit the defense next year. There's no guarantee that guys don't request a trade in the offseason. They are teetering on this completely collapsing. And when it collapses, Sal's going to be out of a job. Douglas is going to be out of a job, and they're going to have to start from zero.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, until Aaron Rodgers insists that Nathaniel Hackett be named head coach, I,
1: oh, I, he's I, not. He's not leaving, and I don't think Sala no, going to leave I'm, either. I'm done. I think
2: a, I will not be the co-host of Jet Nation Radio anymore on Wednesday It
1: won't happen. So I, I'll, I'll probably get a lot of flack for saying this, but I think if Sala were to get fired, this the upcoming season, like whatever, they fall short of expectations. I feel like it's because he was pushing so hard for, to bench Zach. Like I don't see another way he, unless he just loses the locker room, which in this case we've seen time and time again, Chris said, this isn't the first time we've seen the movie. Somebody in the comments said that they've read this book three times already. This is the third season where the defense is picking up the slack for the offense the defensive-minded coach is doing his best to keep it together. He hasn't lost a locker room since. I don't think he's going to lose him, them, uh, them again this year or at all this year. But I still think that he does not want Zach Wilson in this game. And I don't know. Tr- tr- t- Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon are probably our versions of Tommy DeVito at the end of the day. But uh, to your point a,
0: couple,
1: but to, to I mean, DeVito, point, a couple – But to Chris's point, a
0: couple – He won't let DeVito throw the ball beyond the line of scrimmage. Oh, yeah, he's exactly. And he's going to
1: start – without playing any reps again in in practice, it's just craziness over there. But to Chris's point earlier, you put in a different quarterback. That's not Zach. Somebody that just gets to the back of his drop and throws three out of his first four passes at the back of his drop with good timing in the rhythm of the offense. At least the offensive line morale is going to peak up, like, you know, perk up a little bit. It's not going to be fantastic. Not all of a sudden, we're not going to be the Browns or the Eagles of whoever, you know, the best offensive lines are, but it's going to be a slight boost to them. The playmakers, if they don't catch the ball, it's not going to matter who's throwing it to them. If they can't hold on to it and fumble, it doesn't really matter. But at least from an offensive line perspective, it will be a boost in the morale that somebody's just going to get to the back of his drop, throw the ball in time to the right guy at least 70% of the time, whether it's a completion or not. So I think to all of those aspects, you have to just see what you have. Um, there's a comment that I really don't want to talk about on this, on this uh, feed here, but it's about Zach falling on the sword and, uh, coaches and the whole team has never been able to win despite Zach. Um, I beg you, please go back and watch 2022 film of like almost any game last season when they were winning outside of maybe the Pittsburgh game early on that people still talk about. Um, they were winning in spite of Zach. So Zach isn't the one falling on the sword. If anybody it's, it's Robert Sala falling on the sword, for a quarterback that he ultimately doesn't want to play at the end of the day.
2: Fall on the sword. The dude got himself benched because he wouldn't take responsibility. What are we talking about here? Yeah. Like that's the reason why he got benched last year because he played poorly and then refused, absolutely refused in front of the podium to take responsibility for it. And I know that the way I sound tonight feels like I've done a complete 180 on Zach. I haven't, I've been very consistent in this idea that Zach is the furthest thing from the problem on this football team, right? There are other things that are going on. Like I've been very consistent in that. And I said, Glenn can attest to this. I've said when Zach plays poorly and he's the reason why they lose, we will say it. Zach was one of the reasons, Mm -hmm. one of the major reasons why they lost on Monday. The, The big thing here is the three of us on this show don't get to make the decisions of who plays quarterback. And so the fact that the people who do get to make those decisions aren't considering a change and apparently are content with the way the last two weeks have gone, it feels baffling to me. They, Aaron Rodgers was brought in here. The moment that happened, Zach Wilson's long-term career in New York was over. Doa, dead on arrival. It was over. Why are they pretending that there is a future here for Zach? That's the thing that I don't understand. Because they've they've there's a lot of thought that that what they've done here is they don't want to admit that picking him number two overall was a mistake. And if they bench him again, that that would be them admitting it was a mistake. They traded for Aaron Rodgers after the kid played two seasons in New York. You've admitted it was a mistake. You've admitted that you made the wrong selection at number two or else you wouldn't have done that. Like right. You you benched him in the middle of a second season. If you, if, if it wasn't a mistake, those things wouldn't have happened. It, it it's already a mistake. So to think that that's their logic, I just can't buy into it, but here's the problem guys. I can't figure out what the logic is. I, I can't get there.
0: Well, and that's the thing. That is the thing. And it's what's driven me nuts. We've, we've already touched on it during this show. So many decisions uh, you've bought. I think all three of us may have touched on it in one way or another so far. So many decisions they made going back from this offseason up till today. The number of moves they made where you just and I've, I've said it before, I'm like, it's like the most halfway all in thing ever. Like, are you all in or not? Why are you in April. adding weapons around your quarterback? Why aren't you reinforcing the offensive line? As you said, why are you going and getting Ezra Cleveland? Why are you leaving open the possibility of turning this team over to a quarterback who was benched twice last year for me? And listen, I said, I love the idea of like, Hey, don't bail on Zach. Keep working with him. Sure. Work with him as the three. He shouldn't have been your number two quarterback. Like so many things time. And again, we saw them make all these moves or non moves that said we're all in. We went and got Aaron Rodgers, but we're going to draft an edge instead of a receiver or instead of a lineman. It should have been a receiver. And I, I get sick to my stomach when I think back to when Robert Sala was asked, are you guys going to pursue DeAndre Hopkins? No, we, our room's good. We like our room.
1: Our room Even is with good. Corey
0: Davis, you needed DeAndre Hopkins, and you didn't go out and get him, and you don't have a guy who can get open right now. You blind, hey, yeah, not going after – it's just so many – like, they did so much. They went so crazy. They did so much to get Aaron Rodgers. It just – the mentality seems to have been, if we get Aaron Rodgers, it'll fix everything else.
2: Exactly. We that was, to, that that was the thought.
0: Receivers are, we don't have to yep. worry about who's blocking. We can, uh, who does Aaron want? Go get him. He'll make it work. We yep. Randall Cobb, Dalvin Cook, great. Aaron knows what he's doing.
1: So it's not so technically yeah. – it's really not an all-in approach when you look at it from that perspective because they really just went big on one piece to help be like the most big – like the biggest band-aid in the world. But – when you hear as a fan that this team is all in and then something tra- like tragic like that happens and you lose that one player, you would almost hope that the team would be, to use a, another poker term, pop committed and wow. keep going all in and try to salvage as much as they can from this season, whether it's quarterback, playmaker, offensive line, it really doesn't matter. Insert name here. That person is probably better than what we have trotting out there now, but you can't really... Excuse the fact that I'm gonna I'm gonna share this graph here. Love it. Love a good love a good graph. Courtesy of the of the guys at RBSDM. Oh, Oh, it's so. When you have this quarterback play with Zach Wilson isolated all the way at the bottom, lower than the Kenny Picketts and Mac Jones and Daniel Jones and Bryce Youngs of the world. Look
2: at where Russell Wilson is on this chart. It's so bad.
1: It's it's so bad. You can't you can't excuse this anymore. So to say that. People are failing Zach. That could be true. But Zach is failing this team way more than anybody is failing Zach, in my opinion. And everything goes to show it. The film shows it. The analytics show it. Just the box score stats alone show it. I don't care that he hasn't thrown an inter or has one interception in six games. He also has four of the most like costly turnovers in a fumble that we've seen in two out of the last three games. Oh, he's Daniel have- Jones to shame. He's he's giving a run for his money in terms of being you able can't to fumble have two the worst spots ever exactly you can't have two two lost fumbles that immediately result in touchdowns or a field goal obviously in the Giants game because the defense did what they could but in, in every circumstance like that the defense is never gonna like come out victorious you're gonna surrender points and that's all on Zach so I I don't know I I can't say. Like Chris said, it's, it's a majority of his fault, but obviously everybody else is to blame. You could look at the roster, every offensive player, and at one point this season, they've probably screwed up. But you can't deny that Zach is screwing up the most in the most costly positions at the most costly position. So uh, I'm tired of, you know, defending it. He, he, he just, he's not it. And you, I give him one more chance to answer the question at the bottom of the screen, how much longer can the Jets stick with him? I give him one more game which unfortunately means he's going to probably throw for two touchdowns, 275 yards, scramble for 45 yards like he hasn't been doing in the last couple of weeks. We wrote down a whole list of things that this offense could do to fix itself last week. Shotgun running, sixth offensive lineman or used rucker, more tempo, 12 and 13 personnel, changing the launch points. They didn't change the launch point for this kid one damn time last week. And it was, it was awful. He was a fucking – I'm sorry. He was a statue against two of the – most talented edge rushers they face. They face game records every single week this this season. Whether it's even like a Matt Judon, or now it's 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 going to be Max Crosby. Max Crosby is goddamn Defensive Player of the Year. You want him to just get six sacks and just solidify it right now? Zach Wilson is the guy to do it against because he's just going to stand there and let you do it. So I have it's, it's I have, really unfortunate.
2: I have two comments from the live chat that I'd like to address as a group because I think they're very important. So I don't mm-hmm. have this ability but can you put up the comment from the Highlander Prime that starts with bottom line? If that comment be put up in a... Okay, so the the comment says bottom line, Douglas brought in a raw QB with a rookie head coach and offensive coordinator to groom a BYU two-year player with no good plans to groom him properly. Then they drafted a surrounding cast that was ready before Zach Wilson. Highlander Prime, you are 100% correct in everything you said in that message. You are 100% correct that 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 is what has led to the, the, the Jets being in the situation. That has nothing to do with what the Jets are doing right now in, in terms to fix their current situation. What they have to, do to fix it. And that's the problem, exactly. because I agree with you, Highlander Prime, but we don't get to live in that world anymore. We live in a world where the New York Jets have a, have a championship-caliber defense and they've gone all in, and they're choosing to not go all in. My second comment that I'd like, can you put up the last comment from Greg? Because I think this is a very valid question that I have a very easy answer to. Let's play this out. They start Trevor Simeon. He's awful, let's say. It's week 10. What do they do? Go back to Zach Wilson. No, the season is over at that point. That's what they do. They they fold up shop and it's over because they can honestly step to the podium and say, we tried everything. We tried everything at our disposal. We tried everything. We signed a guy to our practice squad. We brought him up to speed. We made a change that we didn't want to make. We put Trevor Simeon out there. It just, the injuries got us. We couldn't get anything going. We couldn't, we couldn't be consistent enough. We just, we ran out of options because I will tell you this, Greg, as much as I hate this, if they play Zach Wilson the remainder of the season and they miss the playoffs, there are going to be people out there who will say, but if only they would have played Trevor Simeon, If only they would have made a quarterback change sooner. So if you do that, if you make the change, then this Jets team can, Salah and Joe Douglas can go to the podium and say, we tried. We, 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 we tried. we made it, We made a change that we didn't want to have to make, but we made a change to try to do something and it didn't work out. Because that's all they have left. That's the, the only card they play. And maybe that's why they don't want to do it, because it's the it's the only thing they've got left. Because the moment they do it, it's either sink or swim with Trevor Simeon. Because I don't think it's Tim Boyle. That's
0: just personally. And like I said, it, you know, I I did the article on it the other day. You mentioned it earlier, Chris. The fact it's almost funny. Okay, how how crazy is this? I'm a Jets fan. And there's a part of me going, I hope someone poaches Trevor Simeon. Like how oh, stupid just, are you right now? Just, to just, have that just guy to the practice squad, just to, to make so them look dumb. And you have to go to Tim Boyle at some point. Tim Boyle, who threw one touchdown in his college career, and as what three is a pro to eight interceptions, you're going to turn the season over to that guy, because for whatever godforsaken reason, is it you don't want to use the roster spot because God forbid we we displace Randall Cobb or or Dalvin Cook. We can't. We can't give that roster spot to Trevor Simeon. Someone's going to poach Trevor Simeon, and then Zach Wilson's going to either a get hurt or b they're going to have to go away from him if he lays another reg against the Raiders. And uh, and and they're going to look even like as bad as they look right now. They're going to look like geniuses compared to what they would look like in, in that situation. And speaking of looking bad and 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 being dumb, let's switch gears and talk about the most hilariously. Um, pompous storyline. I don't even want to call it a storyline. I saw it a few days ago. Actually, late last week, someone said it on the forums at Jet Nation. And I love the forums at Jet Nation. I've been on there for, uh, like, since its inception, 16, 17, however long they've been there. A lot of great people, a lot of great fans. But, you know, you get a few thousand fans together, and people are going to say dumb stuff. But I saw someone say it last week, and I just rolled my eyes and I said, I'm not even going to take part in this conversation because you do get crazy stuff on there. Um, But now it's it's popping up. I've seen a couple people tweet it. I've seen a couple people tweet about the tweets about it, and um, this new conversation. The Jets fans. Uh, Jason from Over the Cap touched on it earlier in a tweet. Quinn and Williams is a problem. Get a life. Get a life was what somebody called it in the uh, the Jet Nation forums. Quinn and Wilkerson, uh, this guy, he pulled a mo. We it. we fell for it, and this guy stinks. I don't, it's like people stay up and they're like, man, what's the worst take I've ever heard? And how can I top it?
2: Okay. For listen, I love the forums. Okay. I love the people over there. I, 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 all the disclaimers that Glenn just put on there. I, I, you know, I'll put on there as well. If you think that Quinn and Williams deserves any level of criticism, I'm talking 0.01%. You want to put any level of criticism on Quinn and Williams, you you're allowed you can tweet, you can write on the message board, you can DM me on Twitter, Instagram, whatever whatever. You can say whatever you'd like about the New York Jets. I no longer value anything you say. <laughs> Your opinion means absolutely nothing to me if you think that Quinnen Williams deserves any level of criticism about anything he's doing on the football field. Zero. None. Get out of here. Get a life. Pick a new hobby. Go watch the Winnipeg Jets because you'd have a better, you'd have a better chance of understanding the Winnipeg Jets than you would the New York Jets defense. That's my suggestion to you. Go watch hockey. I,
0: I, I want to see. I, mean, I, I put. Up, I'm trying to find it right now. I went on the forums, and I I went and looked up basically um, some some of the uh, some of the stats. Some of it on ESPN. Some of it PFF. So here's where Quinn and Williams is right now. Um, who was a problem? And he's Quinn and Wilkerson. And he's uh, he's he's quit and given up because he got paid. Seventh in the NFL among all defensive tackles and pass rush win rate.
2: Right, but he's getting paid like four, a top-five player, so he sucks.
0: One of only four of all the defensive tackles in the NFL, one of only four who is being double-teamed 70% or more of the time.
2: Yeah, but it's not 80%, he's Glenn. So.
0: Fifth in the NFL, five, but not top three, so he sucks. Yeah, it sucks. sucks. Yeah. Um, among defensive tackles with 31 quarterback pressures.
2: Yeah, but he doesn't have 40, so, I mean.
0: He's tied for 10th. So not top nine, so that's yeah, so, yeah. among defensive tackles with six quarterback hits, so he doesn't have ten. In, in 2022, he averaged three point four tackles a game. This year, he's averaging three point five. Now the drop off. No one denies the quarterback hits. The pressures have dropped. That's and it's people get caught up in the fantasy stats. I, I mean, Glenn, he's only got half a sack football.
2: though, so he's the worst player ever that F- the Jets have ever given money to ever.
0: Brains. Mm-hmm. Pro football focus. Overall grade, Quinnen Williams for 19 or for. Uh, for twenty twenty two was ninety point one, so I think this is where we see the drop off, Chris and uh, and Dylan. This is where things start. Oh, slipping. this is
2: this is where they and have a point. This is where they have uh, a point. Yeah, uh, this. Okay. Year, so
0: last year his PFF grade ninety point one. Yeah. This year 90.0.
2: Ah, there it is. You know so, what? I I can you Dylan? Can you put me back take on the, the Big time screen? to
0: say sorry to yeah, the please people who please. have done their I, homework.
2: My sincerest apologies. You've shown co-
0: the light on the problem right. that is Quinn and Williams.
2: I, I apologize to everybody out there. You clearly have shown, because his PFF grade is 0.1 lower, Quinton Williams, uh, a bust, worst contract the Jets have ever given out. I sincerely apologize for what for the rant I gave out earlier because clearly, clearly, you you guys know more football than I do. Uh, Quinn and Williams, clearly a problem for the New York Jets. It's
0: unbelievable. <laughs> it really, it's a, it's, person, in, it's absolute Quinn insanity. Not, one person said to me, or said on the forums and replied in response to people like me, Quinn Williams has not disrupted one play this season. These people watched football. Okay, I don't
1: so know the, what they're looking at, I, I want to say it was the first play of the he game. He has an
2: interception this season, right, he doesn't he? Doesn't he? Of the game. Yeah,
1: the very first play of the game against the Chargers. <laughs> they the blocker, ran, they ran the a run. counter run right. I believe the guard. It evacuated the 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 gap that Quentin Williams was playing. He still shed the inside tackle or the the tackle's inside shoulder, and then slammed Austin Eckler for like a one yard gain. So I I don't I don't understand it at it all. It was a
2: one yard game. Um, you know, if he Chris, was great, he would have stopped it for a loss. The, exactly. The only Not good that.
1: thing we had about that solo layout and you giving your spiel was I I really rock with your uh, senior bowl hat. had uh, the recent
2: senior bowl hat. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Dude, Quentin and Williams is far from the problem. Um, I I work in construction as my full time job, but and I understand it's his job to have. People's hands all over him. But when you have four, five, six hands on you when you're trying to do your job, it's gonna make it slightly difficult. But I look at Quinton's production in how much everybody else is eating on this defensive line. Jermaine Johnson, Bryce Huff, John Franklin Myers, none of these guys, even Will McDonald's being efficient with his his uh snaps and and Quentin Jefferson even. What a what a signing that has yeah. been. He doesn't talk about
0: enough.
1: All of this happens because of Quinnen. Like when you have a guard in the center or a guard a two guards in a center or a guard, a center, and a tackle, all with their eyes and hands and and set up to go stop Quinnen Williams. Other guys are gonna get the chance to eat. So you can't just look at at raw box score stats like everybody loves to do. Oh yes, oh yes,
0: they can. And yeah, it's
1: it's amazing how like with some players it's you can use the box score. With some players, you can only use the film. And, and with some players, you can only use the analytics. And I get it, you're all just trying to, to fit the narrative, but Quinn Williams is far from the issue. Um, nobody on the defense is the issue. If there is an issue on the defense, it's probably Tony Adams. And that's still like a negligible error, like, like hole. It's not even a hole. He, he's a good player, he just has his moments, but that's it. That's the only oh. player on defense who who woke
2: up like i just I, help me help me i'm so, i'm just so lost here somebody woke up and 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 the thought popped into their brain that you know what all these problems the Jets have, the, the, they've scored like they scored like 14 points a game offensively. They, they've scored eight touchdowns offensively, and one of them was gift-wrapped to them. They have one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, right? now. they potentially have one of the worst play callers in the league. They have this great defense, and they're absolutely going to— You know what I'm going to tweet about? Quinton Williams and his half a sack are, is killing the New York Jets. That's, it's brutal. All the things you could complain about. There's a laundry list. That's the thing you choose. That's, that's the thing. That's the choice you make.
0: You wake just, up, all, that's listen, the decision I, you make. Really, the guy who's getting a free pass at all of this, who you know gets all this love, and really, he clearly sucks, and no one's talking about it. Why doesn't Sauce Gardner have an interception?
2: It's, you know what? It's a great point. Worst corner in the league, Sauce Gardner.
0: I mean, you got Brees Hall, or, or Bryce Hall has an interception. Right? true. And a fumble and return a fumble for recovery. touchdown,
2: right? Jordan yeah. Whitehead's got three Why picks. Why is
0: he starting?
1: Yeah.
2: Jordan Whitehead's yeah. got three picks. Yeah. Sauce, where you at?
1: Yeah, I think we need Ray to. I day? think we really need yeah. to reevaluate the whole defensive uh, starters. Uh,
2: you, you know what? Uh, you know what, Dylan? Uh, you know what I'd like you to do? Our our roster rankings. <laughs> Winnie Williams, no longer a franchise player. He's got to go
1: down.
0: Yeah, take. I, take I, I was going to say, do that. we
1: put him in in yellow in the questions I, bucket?
2: I, I've got questions now. He's in the yellow bucket. I've got questions.
1: <laughs> I don't know who this comment is about. Um, major magicks says hands of stone um i know you're not talking about Quentin williams because that man's hands were sticky on his he interception interceptions that was insane here. how he and, and, and we I'm talked about soft soft it i think it was against it, it was, was zero
0: in, interceptions
1: yeah it was against the giants in the in the the uh, uh, overtime period Quentin williams read that screen and almost had a pick six pick but quincy six. jumped in front of him yeah so like i don't know man like what does this guy have to do yeah. I I get it. It, You want 25 sacks from the guy. That's fine. But when the team ends with like top three sacks and top two pressures on the season in the NFL, people aren't going to be like, oh, oh, well, Quinnan didn't do his job there. You know, like, I just don't get how that's the one, the one thing.
2: Why are you saying anything about the defense? Like, why? Exactly.
1: Just, just, just just be quiet, please. (laughs) We barely have to talk about them up here because they do their damn job. You want, you, you don't get stressed. Watching the defense anymore on third down, you know somebody's going to get home and create a pressure. Maybe not exactly a sack, and when the ball goes up on a deep pass out of the screen and you can't see the receiver on the other either. end, like nobody's scared you anymore. You like, know it's going to be pass, pass. Like, yeah. Like or it's going to be a turnover, and you start going, oh yeah. You, you like when they start throwing deep now. Like it's amazing the turnaround of this defense, but we still have people that that can't come out of it. Like they're in a darkness retreat where it's still the defense's fault.
0: Yeah, it's, I don't know how anyone. Oh, he to said that, sauce I, has I thought, hands of stone.
1: I thought yeah. man, I cannot.
0: I thought I cannot let that go. Um, it, it's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, just like I said, I did I, now I can't even remember if I said it while we were recording or before we were recording. But um, just talking about how people's brains are broken. That someone, that someone tweeted to me earlier that the punt return for touchdown was Zach Wilson's fault because Zach Wilson threw an incomplete pass on the previous drive, forcing the Jets to punt. So that was his fault. I mean, Gio, guys, there's a lot of, that might there's be a lot the biggest stretch goals I've goals. ever seen. Like, yeah. for, so, I mean, why not blame it on whoever called the coin toss? Because that determined who got the ball first. And then, I mean, if we're going to go back that far to blame somebody, you got to be kidding me. But big question this week against the Raiders. Um, who started on the offensive line, guys?
1: I'll, I'll take this one first. Give Chris <clears throat> give Chris a minute. I think it's kind of easy if it's me. And I know like if I if these guys are all healthy, I think it's fairly easy for me. And I, I don't want people to get stuck on the alignment that I put them in. It's more just the five because um, you can swap the tackles. But I think if Brown is, is healthy, you're going to see Brown, Tomlinson, Tipman, Mitchell, Becton. That's what I think it would be. It would be your sixth offensive line starting combination in nine games. No matter what, because Billy Turner broke his hand, you're probably gonna have a a different offensive line combination regardless. And even still, you probably don't like you're not too upset that he broke his hand and can't play because he let up nine pressures and two sacks or something like that. It was it was absolutely abysmal. The the first one where the the first fumble for Zach is not on him, but it was all on Billy Turner. So I I think that it's gonna be Browner Becton, Tomlinson Tipman. Mitchell at right guard, and then Browner Beckton at tackle.
0: And I don't know if I'm having a brain fart. Did Sala mention Brown today? I don't recall.
1: He Connor Hughes said he did not sound incredibly optimistic about Muffling. him, but said yeah. that there's Let's a start, chance of is what you're saying, but that's it. literally can mean anything in the world sure. at this point. If you just, if you actually take him at face value for the injuries, you will look like a fool every single week.
2: Well, he said, he said with Billy Turner's hand, it, they're very concerned. So I, they might have to amputate Billy Turner's hand because if you take solid, <laughs> yeah. he's always, it's always worse than what solid says. I um, hate when I, he says I, concerning, <laughs> right? Cause then you just know it's bad. Um, so I, I agree with Dylan. I, I think the one thing I will say, if Dwayne can't go, uh, I think you're just going to kick Max out to right tackle, which mm-hmm. I feel for the kid because I've just asked him to do so much over his first two years of his career when he was not anticipated to be drawing into this starting lineup. And then I, I guess, I mean, what are they going to do inside? Tippman's going to have to play. Newman's going to play guard. Or are they going to put Newman at center and kick Titman out to guard?
1: Newman at guard. I think okay. T- Tipman fared well enough at center where okay. so then, you want yeah, the responsibility I, on him. I I, I agree. I'm just saying,
2: like, the the right guard spot's a bit of a problem if Dwayne Brown can't go. And that's what I thought they would have
1: done last week if, say, Billy Turner was, like, really struggling and they pulled him mid-game. I felt like they would have kicked Mitchell out to tackle again and then brought in Newman on the guard instead of trying to put in – because their swing tackle that game with with the inactive of Dennis Kelly, their swing tackle was Carter Warren as their third offensive tackle. And I really don't think they want to play that game. I, I understand we're all really excited for him. I don't think the Jets want to play that game yet. So I think they would have interior changed the interior and kicked Mitchell out. If, if something happened last
0: week. Yeah. yeah maybe. I think as long as Tipman is healthy, he he's going to play center over. He, he should hey,
2: but, well, hold on guys, because we got to talk about the major trade deadline acquisition via signing him to the practice squad. Maybe Roger Saffold is ready to go.
0: Well, that that's, I was going to bring that up because again, Robert Sala, all he does is lie about injuries or about players and, and their status. Um, and he said today that Saffold isn't quite in football shape yet. So I'm thinking, sounds like he's yeah. um, oh yeah, starting. Yeah. <laughs> starting right guard. Perfect. Yeah. Right. right. Barely so, passed
1: this physical. He's ready. Exactly. He's well.
0: Exactly. We, we're helping him unpack his bags right now. And he's starting at right guard. I honestly, I could see it. We we've talked about this. It, Rogers, Robert Salah will often, you know, downplay or ignore, or however you want to put it, a, a guy's status. And just to not let people know anything. So I could see Saffold being a guy who, um, as a as a veteran guy who might start, and it, it wouldn't surprise me one bit, but just the fact that we're having to do this, you know, week nine. But but this is this goes to another thing that Robert Sala said though that kind of bothered me. Um, was was the comment about how important it is to build continuity on the offensive line? This from a, a coach who wouldn't play his starters during the preseason, and I'm watching that thinking, shouldn't you be doing something to build some continuity here? Like I'm not mm-hmm. saying play them seventy percent of the snaps. But a few series, and he's like, no, no, nobody's playing, nobody's playing, nobody's playing. And then the season starts, and I get this is a different group because they're all injured, but just the the, the 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 philosophy. Like, if philosophically you think a group needs time to build chemistry, why are you not playing them in the preseason? And I asked that in the preseason. And again, with that, you know, preseason was Kool-Aid time. That was don't you dare question anything anyone is doing. And people were like, oh, why are you looking for something to complain about? This Everything is so great right now. Why are you complaining about how they're playing their players? And I'm like... Cause they might want some chemistry. Like I, and now it's right. today. Oh, you got to build, you got to build continuity with that unit. Well, you know, you didn't do that. And, uh, but now it's a thing. So I'm a little confused by that drum says subject nation, not easy to listen to Jets content this week. Can't imagine creating it, but I appreciate it. Listen, I said earlier, I've logged off Twitter a few times, man. When I see people blaming Zach Wilson for punt return touchdowns and, and saying Quinnen Quinnen Williams is part of the problem. It's like, geez, man! I got these people are clearly not taking a step back because they're out of their minds. I'm gonna take a step back, and I have I've logged off a few times, um, fellas. We're 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 coming up against time here. I know we have some other obligations, some things we gotta get taken care of. Um, anything else you want to add before we roll out of here? Well, just, I mean,
2: we, we gotta predict the game on Sunday. Yeah, I was gonna say just I, we we feel like we just did a, a moratorium of the team, just like being done, and like we we've got more games to play. Like they have a game in like five days.
1: Yeah, they came up quick for sure. Um, I'll start off with the prediction. I'm not anticipating anything. I have zero expectations for this team. Obviously, the defense I know is going to show up against a rookie quarterback. Um, with that being said, I think the Jets' defense holds them to zero touchdowns and still loses the game. 12-10 to 10 is going to be my final score. Um, I think Daniel Carlson is their kicker. He's going to have a game. He's, they're gonna they're gonna get four field goals and they're and they're gonna mop up against the Jets in uh, in Las Vegas. So 12 to 10. Jets fall to four and five and we actually sit here next week and really consider making very big changes moving forward for the rest of the season.
2: I got it 17-9 Raiders. Um I just don't I do not see this team doing anything offensively. Um until they prove otherwise, because we've now, everyone could talk about the second half against the Chiefs, how they played against Philadelphia, at least being able to move the ball. They were able to move the ball against Denver, and they got big touchdowns. The last two weeks, they have had an inability to move the ball uh, up and down the field, whether it's the rain, the turnovers. They just, they've just they lost whatever they found there for three weeks in which they were at least competent. Um, and until they show they've gotten that mojo back, I think it's going to be really hard for them to find success. So they're going to continue to get close. Greg airline going to continue to make field goals, but I just think they're going to set up the Raiders with short field, maybe once or twice. Uh, and so I have it 17, nine Raiders. And and then I think when we get together next week on Wednesday, we are discussing what the, what the jets do from there, because I think at four and five with losses on Monday night and Sunday night football, I think we can, uh, we can, we can
1: pack this thing up here uh, before Glenn hops in uh Oh for eight. last three games in the red zone. So Take that for what you will.
0: Terrible. I think the Jets take another O4 in the red zone. I think the defense comes out, plays angry. I think the fact that they're facing a rookie quarterback gives them the edge. Jets win this one. 5-3.
1: Let's go. Keep the safety free to run double. Two
0: run double. You two run Dude, if Five, we get another three, safety,
1: I late. mean, I mean, I the just The over under is
0: 9 and I'm taking the under.
1: It's in the cards, man. It's in the cards. One of these games, is going to be that ugly, yeah, and, and he, I think and people. nothing.
0: Are, I want to see a two nothing game. I want to see. That's going to be win. the eye
1: opener. It, it might take that for people to actually understand what we, what exactly we are dealing with from an offensive yeah. standpoint.
0: Now I got to go look up and see if that's ever happened. If an NFL team has ever won a game. <laughs> yeah, a game, uh, what's it called? Scorigami.
1: It's got to be scorigami, win. right?
0: <laughs> that would be fantastic. All right, fellas. Thanks so much. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you to those of you in the chat taking part um drums glad to see you here greg Rainoff, good friend of the show we got to have you on again sometime highlander prime had a lot to say we appreciate you appreciate you all you guys thank you so much we'll be back i'll be doing a post game talking about the, the 5-3 victory on uh as soon as the game wraps up that'll do it for us jets fans have a good one all right 5-3 is going to be the